The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Thursdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are presented by Josh Garvey and his team at Dorn Mayhew. They're one of the world's top accounting, CPA, and business firms. Their world headquarters are in Troy, Michigan, on the east side of the state. And Josh and his team are based in downtown Grand Rapids at the Dorn Mayhew West Michigan office. Thursdays on the Huge Show are presented by Dorn Mayhew. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is time to begin a Thursday journey on the only show willing to tell like it is. We're all about huge opinions, big name guests. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Inside this hour, Alan True, he's with 24-7 Sports, Midwest Recruiting Insider. He was just on the Big Ten Network yesterday. We'll do a recap on the in-state signees from the Upper Peninsula to the Lower Peninsula, Detroit Metro, West Side. Midland Bay City, Saginaw, Flint, Lansing. We'll touch on all the schools and all the kids. Then we're going to bring in David Gregory, Bull Rush Sports, NFLPA certified agent. A lot of legal stories right now connected to the future of NCAA sports. Gregory will break it down with us. And then we'll end the broadcast with Lomas Brown, our final weekly segment of the season. We were hoping there would have been one more. Next Thursday, if the Lions would have made it to the Super Bowl, but Lomas and Josh Garvey from Dorn Mayhew, one of America's and the world's top CPA accounting and business firms, will join me in the final hour. Uh, we'll get down in a moment. We did get the Pistons trading Bojo and Burks. Uh, are they rebuilding again? Are the Pistons rebuilding again? Is that it? People are like, oh, those guys are part of the future plan. I'm like, what's the plan? They're going backwards. Oh, well, Monty needs his guys. Really? Who's buying that? My God. That was the old school Lions blueprint. We're going to rebuild. We're going to need three or four years. No. I, I, I Tell me what the plan is. It's all I want to know. That's it. Simple and easy. Speaking of hoops... There was a shocker last night at Chrysler. Michigan beat number 11, Wisconsin. I couldn't believe that. I wasn't even watching it. And at halftime, I saw Ballas' tweet, and I'm like, oh, I forgot they're playing. Look, I hardly watch Michigan or the Pistons. And I'm like, okay, I better watch this. I start watching it, and I'm like, I'm waiting for Al Michaels to show up from Lake Placid. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. And they, it looked like they were going to blow it at the end, and they held on. I say give Juwan Howard a 14-year deal at $10 million per. Just when you're ready to write them off, they win. Now, again, to make the NCAA tournament, I think they need to win out or win the Big Ten tournament. But for 
the Michigan basketball fan. It was a glorious evening, their best win of the season, and one of the biggest for Juwan ever at home at Chrysler over number 11. Uh, Wisconsin, you can comment on that game. I'd love for somebody to tell me the Pistons' rebuilding blueprint. Uh, This is rebuilding phase number 3,780. Uh, drop that one eight six six eight three eight four eight four three. That's one eight six six eight three eight huge. That's on the Mercantile Bank listener line at Huge Show on Twitter, the Huge Show on Facebook. Lomas, Josh, and myself at the end of the show will make our Super Bowl predictions. I'm sick to my stomach. I've heard so much about Brock Purdy. I just, and I'm picking the Niners to win. I hope after Sunday, because that would have been the day that the Lions were in Vegas, that I'll I'll be able to cleanse my broken heart and soul. That the season is behind us. There's no more pro football flag games or tug of wars because I really get excited about NFL players doing tug of war. It just really is the cutting edge carnival games. What well, what next? Uh, here we got some milk jug uh, jugs. Uh, Aiden, can you knock down three? If you get that third one, you got the big giraffe up on the wall. I hope I can just put the past behind me. Because I could be insufferable every day talking about what could have been. That used to be the case when you're like 19, 20, 21, you got dumped by the girl you loved. It was a good year telling everybody you know repeat stories about the girl you loved who dumped you. And then you moved on. But I'll say it'll be a good year until they kick off. Next season. Yesterday was busy. Busier than normal. And I sent out a huge opinion tweet and post that in the state of Michigan, and especially West Michigan, in my 22 plus years doing the huge show, that the growth of signing day in terms of numbers of kids from this state who are signing on to play college football at all levels and even college sports beyond football, but we'll focus on college football, it's growing. I don't have data analytics, but, you know, the signing day, one, which used to be that first week in February every year, now you have the two signing days, and you have transfer portal days and periods. But I was going through the list yesterday, because I like to give shout-outs on air, state of Michigan, you know, we're in the UP, uh, we're all across the state, and families love to hear the name of their Son, grandson, nephew, niece, daughter, whatever. And I I was compiling all day yesterday kids who played high school football this past fall in the state of Michigan who have signed on at any level, okay, whether it's JUCO, NAIA, D3, D2, FCS, D1. It's big. And the thing that stuck out to me was the west side of the state in this West Michigan area on on how many kids now are moving on to play college football. And Alan True, like I mentioned, he was on the Big Ten Network signing day two coverage yesterday like he was with signing day one. He handles the Midwest uh, for 24-7. And uh, Alan, I know you live here in West Michigan. Am I off base in saying that there's a, a growth in the number of kids who play high school football who now are moving on to play college football at all levels? No, I don't. I don't think you're wrong at all. Um, 
there is an uptick. And I, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, I do think that the state and the area, uh, West Michigan, are getting more respect as far as producing talent. I also think that there's some programs that have emerged, right? Like Lawrence Tech didn't have football not too long ago. Davenport is a new program. You know, they signed 48 kids yesterday. So, I mean, that, that's helped numbers, too, is having... Are, the, are those programs. COVID year numbers catching up now that the COVID year is checking off for kids? I don't think so. You know, Davenport signed some big classes in the past. Obviously, they were trying to build a program, and so they needed to fill numbers. Um, and then now I think there's a big influx there of, of talent, as both transfers and high school kids. Um, so I, th- I think that's just a matter of trying to get as much talent onto that campus as they can. But I think, I think that's certainly helped the opportunities for kids around the state when you have those programs coming in. The D2 in terms of scholarship limits, do they follow? What, what's the difference between limits for D1, uh, FCS, D2, NAI? Yeah, so um, I think it was, I think at D2 it's 39 scholarships that, Full have, to scholarships, divide, right? that have to get divided. Yep, and so th- it's a little bit like you work with a cap in some ways and you're trying to figure out who gets what. Based on your estimated skill projections of that player, right? Right. So that's one thing that they've always, you know, when I've heard some of these schools come around and offer at the D2 level, you know, they, they try to educate the kids on when, when you get a D2 offer, it's important to ask, well, what am I being offered? Because it's not the same as, you know, you're just getting a full ride. You should know. Usually they'll talk amount um, and what's covered within that. And usually they'll talk amount. They'll look at your family's financial structure, what financial aid, your GPA, where you could get some academic scholarships that offset the football scholarship. Am I right there? Yeah, and there's other kinds of aid. You know, they usually try to pull different things together to help you out as much as they can. But uh, that's that's where recruiting is a little bit different. The D2 level, the D1 level is in D2. There's a lot more of those logistics they have to talk through when they offer you. And spot. D1 is pretty much full ride or preferred walk-on. Yeah, they can't, right? they can't do partial, so they have to. So D1 can't give you, yeah, split it up, right? No, so it's, it's all or nothing. And preferred walk-on means you're paying your own way, right? You're paying your own way, but you don't have to go. I mean, they do have general student body tryouts. With a preferred walk-on, they're telling you we, you've bypassed that. You're on the team, you have a spot, show up the first day of practice, but you have to pay your own way. And that's where kids who are academically inclined can go get an academic scholarship or financial aid and know that they have it covered, whether you're going to Michigan or CMU, Eastern, Western, or any school, and you're going to be a preferred walk-on with no pressure, right? And I do think a lot of those kids, I mean, most now, most of the time, those preferred walk-ons have scholarship opportunities elsewhere. Like a good number of Michigan State's preferred walk-ons could have taken a full ride somewhere else. They chose to bet on themselves, so to speak, and see if they can earn the scholarship at Michigan State. And I do think that when schools say, hey, you can come in and earn a scholarship, a lot of them mean it. They get a nice little viral clip out of it. Usually you see all those videos of a walk-on getting a scholarship. It's a cool moment. And, and at Michigan State, at least, you have a head coach who was a walk-on himself who ended up being a starter in Jonathan Smith. So I think he gets it. Yeah, and I, I saw like State had uh, eight preferred walk-ons, and five of them were offered scholarships. Right? Yeah, yeah, one was at least committed. The kid, Kyler Brunin from Traverse City West, was committed to Army and um, decided against it to go walk on at State. And that's worked out. And, you know, Kenny Wilkes, walk on. Um, at Michigan, you had the Glasgow brothers, walk ons. I mean, I can go on and on. Uh, that's a cool story. And Kenny Wilkes actually began 
his journey from North Point Christian and uh, Mark Ennis and the crew and Brian Paulson and the guys from Power Strength. Him and Jared Valdir were kind of the early uh, guys involved in Power Strength football players who both went on to play in the NFL and Power Strength now growing with four places. That See, football doesn't have travel like the other sports do, right? Soccer, basketball, baseball, volleyball, hockey. We can go down the list. So the most important separator, I think, and you see it, would be the offseason for these kids. And that offseason is strength and conditioning beyond their teams at these places like Power Strength and Grand Rapids and every place, every city has multiple locations. It's also personal one-on-one training. And then you get to the seven-on-sevens and the camps and these things that are going on out of season. So there is no club I think that is a true benefit for high school football. Yeah, and football is obviously such a physical game, and you're dealing with teenagers who are still growing into their bodies. And so, what are you doing with that? And you're learning to you're learning to work like you will have to in a college strength and conditioning program, right? That's a huge part of it when you get to college. And now things are you don't just show up in college anymore, and it's like we'll mold you now. You have to kind of keep up, and kids are training year round. And even kids who play other sports, which is heavily encouraged, by the way, by everybody speaking on this subject, including all the college coaches that would be recruiting you. They tell you play other sports, but there's kids who are working out in the morning, doing football workouts, working out for co- football coaches who come in during the school day and then playing basketball in the evening still. I mean, it's, it's they're extremely busy. Yeah. I, I, when parents ask me about my son Ace and what was the turning point for him, I tell them one, uh, power strength. You know, speed and fitness, right? Two, that he has to have the drive and desire, he or she, depending on your sport, that you want to wake up at six and go work on snapping the ball. Uh, You want to work on uh, your stances. You then go to your lift class in hour one. You go to power strength three times a week. You'll hit some of these lineman camps or the weekend camps around the state or in the Midwest. Uh, yeah, he throws shot, throws discus, but does that, I think, more for just to be around uh, the guys and girls at school in the spring. And it's really, when you get to the age of 15, 16, 17, Alan, I think it's about the inner drive of the kid. The parents can only do so much. If, you're, if your child isn't driven to want to chase playing football or any sport at the college level, I think it's impossible for the parents to push them. Correct. And I think it's, you know, we say, you, you do you play a sport as in it's play, but it's not, right? It's you're dedicating yourself. And it's, it's not for everybody. When you get to college, you got to go to class. You got to get up early. You got to go to film. You got to go to study hall. You got to practice. You got to go to travel to games. You, there's a lot of dedication that goes into it. There's benefits to it. But that kind of lifestyle and schedule isn't for everybody. So I think now with the high school schedules adapting to that, you figure out a lot quicker if you think that's for you. Some people are just meant to go to school and be students. So from your business side, which is 24-7 Midwest high school football recruiting uh, insider, what would be your advice to any parent listening across Michigan right now where they're like, you know, my eighth, ninth grade son I think he has a future in football. And it's tough to the eyes of parents, reality and what is there. What What's your advice on not the perfect path, but the right path? Yeah, so 
my my first advice is always I get to ask this question a lot is I go to swimming. When you swim and you're in a race, they, you just swim straight ahead and you don't look into the other lanes to see where you are compared because you'll slow down and you'll get past. Just swim as fast as you can until you hit the wall and then see what your time is, right? And that's, I think you get with social media and everything these days, it gets really tempting to look over and say, well, that person's got that offer and that's got that offer. I beat that guy. We beat that team. Why does he? And if you, you start thinking yourself into circles and it makes the process frustrating, the process is supposed to be at least somewhat enjoyable. And I think a lot of parents get frustrated and confused because they're always looking at what's going on with other people's recruiting. Recruiting happens at different times for different kids because kids grow differently. Some kids are, there's six, six, 280 pound freshmen out there. At the same time, there's some five, 340 pound freshman that's going to hit a growth spurt and play division one football. So if that's your kid, you go about it differently than the kid who's six, six at 12. So let your kid's body and game and growth dictate where his recruiting goes. And it's not going to be like the kid that maybe lines up next to him on his own team. Yeah, you're right, and because everyone doesn't have a body clock that follows the same, not at all, the same time frame. There's and, some there's some kid who's a junior right now who may not have even put on a helmet yet, who will come out to football in the spring and be a power five player. It happens every year. There's some kid who doesn't even know it yet who's going to get talked into playing football and end up with a scholarship. But at uh, like I said, uh, at the end of the day, it has to be that kid having the drive, boy or girl, for whatever sport they play to want to go do it because you have to put in the time, especially football. The off the off season, Joe Schwander, head football coach at Ada Forest Hills Eastern, said at the team banquet in November, he says, when we look at this highlight film, the one thing you're not going to see that you will notice, you'll be able to tell what guys put in the offseason work. You will see it. All of you know it. Teammates, you know the guy next to you who worked hard. Parents, you know if your kid worked hard. It was really a, a cool little mini speech that talked about the importance of the offseason, right? Well, look at NFL players. I mean, they'll leave somewhere to train. They hire nutritionists. They hire psychologists. They hire yoga instructors. And these are the best in the world. These are the most talented people on the planet at playing this game. And they're using the offseason in a variety of ways. So that trickles down, and I think that... So those are the things you have to do if you want to be recruited. Not everybody can get recruited. It's a privilege. And in order to earn that, I mean, you have to earn it. It's not just, it doesn't just fall out of the sky. Now there might be, I think there are isolated examples where that happened. Talent is a great equalizer. If you just happen to be super gifted and big and all of those things, but then maybe you don't, you can rest on your laurels a little bit, right? But even that'll eventually catch up to that kid. So I think too many times people are, like I said, looking at other examples and saying, well, that person doesn't train. That person doesn't play basketball. That person doesn't. Well, there's going to be two, there's 2000 kids that play division one football. Um, They didn't all get there the same way. So from yesterday's uh, signing, which really favored more uh, D two schools, smaller schools, uh, the D one schools signing day one for the power four and even the pack two is a big day. We'll start with, uh, state of Michigan kids, uh, last second, whether it was signed in-state or out-of-state, what was some of the movement yesterday that caught your eye, Alan? Yeah, so we should start in West Michigan with Maxwell Richardson from Forest Hills Central reclassifying into the 2024 class. He was committed to them as a junior, made the decision to reclassify and is going to join them 
as a member of the 2024 class. So, um, and that's a little bit more common. There was another kid from Wisconsin. So he graduated high school early. Yeah, he's a four. He's a well over four zero student. I've always wondered how did he get over four zero? Because to me, it was like all A's was four. Is it the extra classes? I think it's extra credit. Yeah, yeah. I always wondered that. So yeah, Maxwell and and also Forest Hill Central. The coach is gone. The team won the state title. You leave on top, and you wanted to go chase your. College dream, but he he's staying with Stanford, he's, right? Yep, he's staying there. Um, good situation for him. A lot, like you said yesterday, is a lot about the D twos. I thought uh, it it was spread all around. You know, I thought every school in the GLIAC had some notable signees. Um, Miguel Batello, really good offensive lineman from Muskegon, who had some MAC offers. He goes to Michigan Tech. I thought that was a great pickup for them. Ferris signs a, a boatload of Belleville guys. Several of them were. Uh, Division one or even power five recruits early in their career. In some cases, um, they pick those guys up. Davenport, I thought, had a good class. And I tell you, the most interesting guy in the whole group might be Dwan Mathis, who is a transfer quarterback coming in from Temple. But he spent time. He was committed to Ohio State in high school for a time. He started some games. He started the spring at Georgia for sure. And he's coming to Davenport. Wow. Sparky McEwen, I'll say this, and knowing Sparky from the old school days at Grand Rapids Creston, and he's a head coach at Davenport, that that guy's a good recruiter. And even my son Ace uh, remarked about how he like he went with Braden Mulcahy, who committed to Hillsdale out of Grand Rapids Forest Hills Eastern. He signed on yesterday. He went with Braden to one of the visits and liked the campus. You know, I, again, things that kids – kind of say and see on their own, and Sparky can recruit. I'll, I'll tell you, man, Sparky, Tony, these, even across the GLIAC, uh, it's obviously the top D2 conference in America when it comes to football and even other sports, but you have solid recruiters. You do, and then the same with Grand Valley. You know, yeah. they, they're, I looked at their defensive line class yesterday. I think you know, a lot of MAC schools would be perfectly happy if you gave them Grand Valley's defensive line class that they signed yesterday. So well, look at them, they're drawing over a hundred thousand fans in Allendale, right? And and they got Cam Van Sokoma from Grand Rapids South Christian. They Jake Vermas, I know you've seen him, and I watched him the other night in basketball out of Grand Rapids South Christian. I'm telling you, the dude is just a winner. Things that aren't measured at a combine, at a camp, maybe not even measured on film is the heart of a champion, and all Vermas does is win. And maybe because he has a 4-5, 5-4-6 and not a 4-4, he wasn't getting the D1 looks. But, man, I, I think Grand Valley got a good one, and D1 schools missed out on somebody with Vermas. But that's the kind of guy that that program's been built on, going back to when Brian Kelly Yeah, David Curtis, remember that's, him? That's yeah. absolutely. Um, and, and then the last thing, you know, Jaden Walker, a kid from down in uh, Portage at Portage Northern, was committed to Michigan State. He flipped to USC yesterday, and I think that's a it's a subtle little. USC's coming into the Big Ten. They're coming out this way a little bit more. They have two commits from the state of Michigan. You might see that a little bit more. Um, and I know they needed linebackers, but I thought that was an interesting signing day flip. Is a, a kid from Portage who's committed to Michigan State going out to USC? Well, think about it now from Big Ten. Uh, recruiting perspectives that UCLA, USC, Oregon, and Washington now are going to come hit the Midwest. 
you know, and you handle Midwest recruiting for 24-7, that it already was competitive because the SEC will come in the Midwest, right? Uh, look at LSU with Bryce Underwood, yeah. right? Is that, and now you had those four just in conference. You're going to have recruiting wars for decades. It's going to be a battle. Now, I'll say this. USC has occasionally dipped out here. Nick Perry from Detroit, Ronald Johnson from Muskegon. From Muskegon. Yeah. Yeah. They've come out here before. But this feels a little bit different. UCLA had the kid, the quarterback from uh, Detroit. Yeah, know? Dante Moore. Well, he's now at Oregon. Right, yeah. You know, UCLA flipped a West Bloomfield kid who was committed to Northwestern in this cycle. So you're seeing that. And I think for those kids, they can feel more comfortable making that decision knowing well, we're going to play closer to home several games a year. I think that, you know, that's been, that's been talked about with those kids. His name is Alan True, 24-7 Sports Midwest High School Football Recruiting Analyst, Insider, joining us in studio yesterday. He was on uh, the Big Ten Network. Who else from the state of Michigan uh, had the D2 schools, whether it was in even Northwood, and you're looking at Hillsdale, like I mentioned, getting Braden Mulcahy, the lineman out of 8 of Forest Hills Eastern. Uh, who are some other state of Michigan kids that either stayed in state or went out of state uh, that caught your eye yesterday on signing day. Yeah, we didn't touch on Saginaw Valley's class. I actually think they have a really good class. A uh, local kid named Ty Robertson from Saginaw Heritage uh, plays running back at 6'3", 220 pounds, just a massive... 6'3", uh, 225? And, wow. he, and he plays he plays running back. And he might be a defensive lineman, has good defensive tape, too. He might play running back, too. A uh, kid named Joey Debrinkit from Lake Orion who had a really, really good senior season um they they picked him up they had uh they got uh, destin piggy out of muskegon i liked him super muskegon. F- fast wow, he's quick. slippery um so they're they're adding him i thought those schools did a did a real so uh, you know up up and down the state i thought the gliac did a really good job some ivy league schools came out here penn uh picked up aiden bergen linebacker from detroit country day um, Cornell came out here and got a kid, uh, Kandakai Sherman, a defensive back from De La Salle. You see the academies out here more and more, several kids going to air force and army and Navy. And so it's really cool to see it spread around as much as it is now. There's, it's not just, uh, it's not just the in-state schools anymore. And speaking of in-state, uh, in the, in the state of Michigan, whether it's in-state schools or the outside schools we've talked about. How long have you been with uh, 24-7? Well, been with, I was with Scout since 2004, and then 24-7, we merged. So you could really 20 years, say I've been right? doing it. Yeah. 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 Uh, your perspective on the quality of talent, I know we touched on it to start this conversation, this segment, and we have one more with Alan True from 24-7 Sports, Midwest High School Football Recruiting Insider, joining us in studio. How, how much better is high school football collectively across the state than it was when you started? I think it's much better. When I started, Ohio was considered the premier state in the Midwest, and then there was a considerable drop-off. In this time, I think Michigan has has really caught up, and I think you see that when they, they play some crossover games and teams from Michigan either hang with or beat some of the top teams in Ohio. And I think along with that, the talent is getting recruited at a higher level and to a greater number, to your point. A lot of reasons for that. I think off-season training is huge. You talked about power strength. The other side of the state, you have the Max X program, you have Rising Stars, you have Legacy, 
in Brighton. There's so many more opportunities for these kids now to do things in the offseason. None of those programs existed when I started doing the job. Some of those things were happening a little bit in Illinois and other states and definitely were happening out west and in the southeast. Now you've got them here. I think it took time for them to build the facilities, obviously with winter to contend with. But uh, I think that that has, has led to... And then when you look at the NFL numbers, Michigan's always one of the top 10 to 15 states of number of pl- players from that state on an NFL roster. And some of those guys weren't heavily recruited. I remember Bart Scott was like, how did everybody miss that guy? Sauce Gardner right now. How did everybody miss that guy? And it's emboldened coaches to look deeper in the state of Michigan. So as those guys have had success, it's paved the way for more kids in the state. Where does the state of Michigan rank then in the Midwest in terms of the Big Ten states, would you say? California, obviously, now would be big. I get that. But in terms of Midwest, where would Michigan rank up against Ohio? I think Michigan has an argument for number one. In terms of numbers, Ohio might still edge Michigan. But the best talent for high school football, the state of Michigan, close to it. I think D1 signees, those are definitely the top two. Now I will say this. Ohio has a lot of max schools and Michigan has three max schools. So that helps drive the numbers up when those schools are recruiting in state talent, but they wouldn't just take that in state talent if it wasn't there. I don't think there's after that, you know, I think Illinois, there's good talent there. And then the other Midwest states, Wisconsin, Iowa, they'll have some talent on the top end, but in terms of depth and numbers and quality, you know, it's Ohio and Michigan still are the top two, I think. All right. Alan true in studio, uh, 24 seven sports. He is a Midwest uh, high school football recruiting insider, also on the Big Ten Network yesterday on signing day in studio today. We'll talk about 2025, look ahead to a year from now. Something I always ask you on who will be the most coveted recruits in the state of Michigan. If you have a high school football comment or question about the state, you can drop it at Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. From St. Joseph to Midland. This show is huge. Get everything you need for the big game with just one stop at Meyer. Kick off the party with buy one fresh from Meyer family pack chicken wings for $2.99 per pound and get one Frederick's by Meyer wing sauce free. Pick up extra large avocados for 99 cents each. Meyer party size chips for $2.99 and buy one get one 40% off Meyer meatballs. Plus, DiGiorno pizza is just $4.99. Everything for the big game is easy to get with just one stop at Meyer. Exclusion supply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Bill Simonson here for Flying Ace Craft Spirits. You can chart your own course with small batch American made whiskeys. And also, they're connected to Folds of Honor here in Michigan, providing four scholarships this year through Flying Ace Craft Spirits to the children of men and women injured or killed in combat. Look for Flying Ace Craft Spirits and that small batch American made whiskeys in different flavors at local stores or ask for it at your local pub, bar, or restaurant. Fly and Ace exists at the intersection of independence and precision. They distill fine spirits for Mavericks, the adventurous, the cunning, and the bold. You can find out more and also order online if you're 21 and up at flyingaspirits.com or look for it in stores all across Michigan or at your local bar, pub, or restaurant. 
Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Escape the chills and chase thrills this February with a winter escape giveaway. Every Saturday, play for the chance to win a share of $128,000 in premium play and prizes from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. Then at 11 p.m., two lucky Access Club members will escape the winter blues with a $10,000 travel voucher. It's the winter escape giveaway only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway reimagined. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Bill Simonson here for my good friend Josh Garvey. Now, he's a managing shareholder at Dorn Mayhew's Grand Rapids office. Their world headquarters are in Troy, Michigan, on the east side of the state, and they have locations all around the world. They have over 550 motivated accounting professionals, 90 years in business, and I mentioned the 10 offices worldwide. So if you want to connect and partner with one of the top CPA, accounting, and business firms in the world, they're right here in Michigan. Dorn Mayhew's Troy office on the east side of the state, and Josh Garvey is a managing shareholder for their Dorn Mayhew GR office. Right there by the S-curve, you'll see the new Dorn Mayhew sign. You can find out more. Just Google Dorn Mayhew. That's D-O-E-R-E-N-M-A-Y-H-E-W or Dorn Com. They're one of America's and the world's top CPA accounting and business firms. They're Dorn Mayhew. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back on The Huge Show across Michigan. 19 radio stations strong. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. They're the free stream. Happens weekdays, 3 until 6. And on the iHeart app, search The Huge Show. And you can listen anywhere in the world where you get mobile service. We'll have one final segment here with Alan True. He's a high school football insider for the Midwest for 24-7 sports. Top of the hour, David Gregory. He is a West Michigan-based NFLPA certified sports agent with Bull Rush Sports. A lot going on this Big Ten SEC alliance. Unionizing players, payment plans for college athletes. We'll touch on all of that and more. And then we'll end the show with Lomas Brown, Josh Garvey, Josh managing shareholder at Dorn Mayhew's Grand Rapids office. Lomas, the former Lion. Look back at the Lions season. Look ahead to this fall and also our Super Bowl predictions right now. One final segment with Alan True. Talking high school football recruiting in the state of Michigan. So a year from now, Alan, uh, when we have you back in studio for our annual day after signing day hours, uh, obviously Bryce Underwood, who is getting a mega deal from Brian Kelly and LSU is the top player in the 2025 class. Who are some other standouts uh, on your 24-7 list? So um, after him, top five in the state, Xavier Newsom is two defensive end from Detroit King. Um, three is Avery Gatch, offensive lineman from Birmingham Groves. Outstanding. I mean, that's going to be a probably a Michigan, Michigan State, maybe Ohio State, Penn State battle. Wisconsin's in there, so he's he's got a lot of options. He's got Georgia, he's got Alabama, he's got them all. Really, but I think he'll I think he'll likely end up in the Big Ten, but he's given those SEC schools a look. Uh, number four is Howell defensive lineman Bobby Kank already committed. To Michigan, his dad is in the uh, Northwood Sports Hall of Fame, played uh, for the Lions and the Steelers a little bit. So Bobby's following in his footsteps. Five is Desmond Stratton, defensive back from Roseville. He just visited Michigan State last weekend and uh, has an offer from them. Outside of that, 
Uh, Darren Stray at Pawpaw, big offensive tackle, 6'7", 285. What are they doing in Pawpaw? They've been cranking out some linemen, haven't they? They have been. There's several in a row now, including Carson Barnhart, who's going to get drafted uh, likely in the spring. So good players all across the state, middle of the state. East Lansing's got a running back, Jace Clarizio. Really, really good player. Obviously, Michigan State's right there, so they've been involved with him, but he's got you know, USC came in and offered him. USC again. Again. We talked about that in the first segment. Yep. They offered him. Orchard Lake St. Mary's has, I think, four or five uh, high-level prospects. Muskegon's got a couple of linemen. Uh, Jim Harris, Nakai Wynn. And Nakai um, Wynn is a stud. Super athletic. Wow, he's good. Yep. And uh, they do a great job coaching him. GR Catholic Central uh, wide receiver, Jamie Williams. You know, his brother, Jace was an outstanding player. They didn't throw to Jamie this year hardly at all, did not, they? Because Dixon, who went to Grand Valley, uh, Kellen Russell Dixon, yep. was so good. But that Williams kid looks like a D1 receiver. Yeah, super athletic, um, great ball skills. His brother um, signed with Miami, Ohio, out of high school. So I mean, there's, there's, we have, I think we've got 40 or approaching 50 Kids in the state now with uh, offers in that 2025 class. It's going to be another deep class. Yeah, it is. Uh, and again, that's just part of what we began our conversation with, talking about the growth in high school football talent playing at the next level. And now they have so many options from JUCO to NAIA schools to the GLIAC, which is there a better top-to-bottom D2 conference in America than the GLIAC? No. I mean... I think you put, you look at some of the teams that didn't make the playoffs this year, you put Saginaw in another region, and they make the playoffs for sure. Maybe, you know, you look at Davenport, who had a tough end to their schedule, but now getting a D1 quarterback from Temple, who at one time won the job at Georgia, and Sparky now has him at Davenport. Wow. It's it's only going to be, I mean, the, the GLIAC recruiting, as we've just talked about in the last segment, it's that's become an arms race now. I mean, I can rattle off guys with, Division one offers, power five offers, and even guys like that who are transferring back who went to every, like almost every GLIAC school got one of those guys. So what about NIL and the transfer portal? Our final thoughts here. And Alan True from 24-7 Sports Midwest High School Football recruited insider in studio here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Has the transfer portal and NIL helped college football at all levels or hurt it? What do you think? I think with NIL, it remains to be seen. So it's good for the players, obviously. Um, it's changed recruiting. I don't know that the coaches love recruiting with that and, and having to retain their own roster. So I think we'll figure that out. But there's no doubt it's a factor. Now, it's a factor when we talk about Bryce Underwood. It's a factor when we talk about Dante Moore. For most of the guys we talked about on this show, it's not at all a factor. Well, so, what Underwood get? Any, any story about the amount of money he got to go to LSU? We, I don't have a figure. I, I just know it's... A lot. It's a lot. It was it. It was enough. <laughs> and, so. and I think the transfer portal has helped. And David Gregory, NFL PA certified sports agent based in West Michigan for Bull Rush Sports, will join us top of the hour. That it's enabled a guy that goes to Michigan Tech, and if he's good for a couple of years and helps Michigan Tech win, maybe three years, he can go play two years at a you portal up, and vice versa. We mentioned the Temple quarterback coming to Davenport. You portal down. Yeah, so I think it's good for the player. It's not always good for a school like Northern Michigan. So we'll figure that out. I do think that the portal not affecting recruiting anymore, high school recruiting anymore, as much as it's 
been stated. I think I said this on the first show. Toledo ends up with 25 in this class. Western Michigan ends up with 24 in this class. Miami, Ohio, 22 at the top of the max. So when people say max schools are taking less, G5 schools are taking less high school kids because of the portal, I think that's no longer true. And I think it goes back to how we began our hour, that the talent has risen to all-time highs in the state of Michigan at high school football programs, and that in turn leads to state schools and other schools enjoying uh, grabbing talent out of our state. Alan True, always good stuff. The hour flies by. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Always the last thing I have to do before I go on vacation. So All right, enjoy your me. vacation. I appreciate it. All right, Alan True from 24-7 Sports. Midwest High School Football Recruiting Insider joining us on this Thursday edition of the Huge Show Across Michigan. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. There's a new player in town. Hi, I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver, and I'm talking about Eagle Casino and Sports, the real money mobile casino. It's so easy to play. You can go from wager to winner to wallet, just like that. Sign up now and we'll match your deposit up to $1,500. Or you can get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Great shot. Get ready for a fantastic season of golf at the West Michigan Golf Show. Look for amazing deals on the newest equipment and apparel. Discover local courses and golf getaways throughout Michigan and the U.S. Play the hole-out challenge, closest to pin contest, and $10,000 long putt. Junior golfers get in free and play the family fun zone. The Golf Show, coming February 9 through 11, DeVos Place, Grand Rapids. Special price Friday tickets at westmichigangolfshow.com. Huge here with a reminder that Friday, 3 until 6, I'll be broadcasting live for the West Michigan Golf Show at DeVos Place in downtown GR. Make sure you stop by the Long Drive Simulator, hosted by Event Swings, powered by SureBet. And whoever can beat my drive and has the longest one will win an overnight stay for four, 36 holes of golf, and a Taco Tuesday dinner at Tullymore in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. Take your Long Drive Swing at the Long Drive Simulator, hosted by Event Swings, powered by SureBet. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Huge here for my good friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now they have a super offer for Super Bowl 58. DraftKings Sportsbook is inviting new customers to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when you sign up. You then can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Plus, you can get in on the same game parlays. Everyone's got a shot at even bigger wins for Super Bowl 58. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code HUGE when you sign up. And new customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets for Super Bowl 58. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only when you use code HUGE to sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58. Sign up with code HUGE to take advantage of this super offer. 
the crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Final segment here, Hour 1 on a Thursday broadcast. Alan True actually with us for 40 more seconds. Uh, You told me something just when we went to break that in the college football recruiting rankings, Ferris State finished 143rd. That's in front of a ton of D1 schools in this latest class. A couple academies um, right in front of Navy. Air Air Force. In front of Air Force. Stephen F. Austin. When we talked about it. New Mexico State, Idaho, Ferris State, Tony Neese and his staff, 143rd out of all colleges in the country, correct? Well, yeah. And look at some of the offer lists of some of the kids they signed. That's amazing. Unbelievable. 24-7, everything you need with the show is free at thehugeshow.net. Big. Bad. Huge. following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Thursdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are presented by Josh Garvey and his team at Dorn Mayhew. They're one of the world's top accounting, CPA, and business firms. Their world headquarters are in Troy, Michigan, on the east side of the state. And Josh and his team are based in downtown Grand Rapids at the Dorn Mayhew West Michigan office. Thursdays on The Huge Show are presented by Dorn Mayhew. What's up, Michigan? It is time for another hour on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show. 19 stations strong. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. There you can listen to the free stream weekdays, 3 until 6. And on the iHeart app, search... The Huge Show, and you can listen anywhere in the world where you get mobile service. Inside the next 50 minutes or so, David Gregory, he is a lawyer by trade, NFL PA certified agent. The draft season is here. The NFL draft will be in Detroit at the end of April, and we'll be connecting with Bull Rush Sports in the Motor City. Looking ahead to a huge weekend and what a cap, really. It, it kind of caps off the season, starts the season uh, for the Lions, and we'll talk about that in a moment. He was down at the Senior Bowl. Combine is coming up here uh, at the end of February. Uh, a lot of conversation in regards to the legal side of college sports. You get this National Labor Relations Board ruling with Dartmouth, and their student-athletes may become employees, but you don't get scholarships at Dartmouth, so I'm... Um, Kind of curious about that. And uh, the Big Ten quietly with the SEC formed an alliance that they announced. It was the end of last week. It kind of got a buzz over the weekend. And to me, it was a flag in a positive way about the future of the college football playoff and the future of college sports. 
are the Big Ten and the SEC thinking about becoming the AFC and the NFC of football? I'm not talking about all the other sports. I'm talking about legal ways to maybe bypass Title IX, get around it, and also protect the billions that these conferences are getting, especially when you see stories like Dartmouth and National Labor Relations Board. And we had that story with Northwestern where they tried to form a union. You have Jim Harbaugh on his way out, basically saying that the players deserve a share, that they should unionize. They need a voice and a representative. So David Gregory, Bull Rush Sports, he is a sports agent, NFL PA. Uh, it's a draft season. He's busy. Loading up his clients, taking care of his clients, getting ready for all the analytics, all the breakdowns, and also where his clients could end up in that draft in Detroit. He joins us here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Welcome back. Good to see you, Huge. Yeah, it is the draft season. You kind of disappear. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Well, and you are increasing. You know, we talked last week, uh, your client list, it says something about uh, how you do business, how Bull Rush. It was growing. You know, you, you began last year as a standalone uh, NFL PA certified s- sports agent, had one client, got him drafted, Jay Gwitt out of the UP in northern Michigan by the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, but now I'm seeing that, you know, as I check out Bull Rush on Twitter, I'm seeing your clients grow on almost a daily basis. So congrats. Yeah, we're up to seven and uh, we, we were excited about all of them. And, uh, you know, Jacob's a great client. And uh, according to Inside the League, I was the only rookie independent agent to get a player drafted last year, but that gave me some credibility to go out and recruit more guys this year, and uh, we're excited about all of them. What was the Senior Bowl like for you now that you're not totally settled in, uh, but you've already been around the block once? How was this different? Uh, the talent that you saw, this offseason training, these athletes are all going next level. It doesn't matter if you're Power 5 or if you're Jake Witt coming uh, from you and Trout Creek, or Creek in the UP, they find you in the NFL. Well, yeah, if you're good enough, they'll find you. That that's for sure. That old adage is true. Uh, and I do think you know there'll be less small school guys. There'll always be some small school guys, but they're going to be increasingly portaling up. They're going to be identified a little earlier. So portaling up for from Division two right. to G five, from G five to Power Power four. Now, I mean, I think that's going to happen more and more, but. FCS, a lot of FCS guys at the Senior Bowl did well. Because some of these guys have portaled up or they've portaled down, Yes, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I've got a, I've got a client who went from Bowling Green. Uh, John O'Brien was at Bowling Green. He's from Charlotte, Michigan. Wasn't getting a lot of playing time. He almost entered the portal on a lark. He was going to leave football. South Dakota State picks him up. He starts for, at right tackle for them. They win two national championships. He starts 30 games, and now he's an NFL prospect. That's he was awesome. going to leave the sport. Well, and that the portals change things. Uh, you know, in talking to everybody, it, there's an advantage to go to a GLIAC school, to even go to MIAA Division Three school. You now, it, it, they've become the true minor leagues, and we're going to get into the business side of this coming up later. But, you know, D3, NAIA, D2, uh, FCS, like you mentioned, just below D, the old Division One AA. Uh, you get kids who go from a Ferris or D2 and they go up to FCS or they go uh, D1. I, there is a positive side to this portal. I know there's a lot of tampering at the Power 4 level, but for the young men and women across the board in all sports, I think it's a good thing. 
at the lower levels in terms of the portal? Uh, I think it's uh, almost universally a good thing. Um, there's got to be some guardrails, and I think we're still trying to figure that out. But It's the poaching. That, that's the biggest guardrail. Well, that's I don't know how we're ever going to get rid of that completely. But, you know, football is not basketball. Football is not tennis. We don't know who's going to be a really good player, and particularly in the line positions or the edge positions when they're 14 or 15 or 16. That's the thing. There's so much, so many late developers in football compared to other sports. This is always going to happen. Not every guy who's good enough is going to get a P4 offer when he's 17 or 18. Uh, These guys are going to be late developers. It's always going to occur in football. You know, it's interesting now we use power four instead of power five, but then you got the pack two, which is Oregon state and Washington state. I saw an interesting story that, they may set up a legal fight that they have a right to one of those uh, college football playoff spots if, if they qualify. Well, they're already essentially positioning themselves that way, that they want to continue to have voting power as that conference in the CFP structure. Uh, they're actually, There's two teams. It's, it's the pack too. Well, I know, but you know, the, the funny thing about that is their vote is needed to do certain things including to change the 12-team playoff format from uh, we want to go from 6-6 six and six to 5-7, and seven, and I can explain that in a minute. They need the Pac-12's vote, which is only the Pac-2, and they're holding out probably for a continued share of money, in my opinion. Why wouldn't those two teams, I, I, I saw that story that you just referenced, why would they go chase 10 other teams right now, knowing they have that power slot, and, and bring the Pac-12 back and throw 10 teams on with the lure that you could get as a conference champion, you could get a playoff spot. I'm talking why won't Oregon State and Washington State be doing that already? Because the CFP, as it currently exists, is going to no longer. It's only got the 24 and 25 seasons left to run. So it's going to reconstitute itself for 26 and beyond. And they're not going to allow that. So, And that's why you get the Big Ten SEC alliance is setting up for that move two years from now, right? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's the two biggest kids on the block. They do not trust the NCAA or anybody else to fix college sports, and particularly to fix college football. The employment model is coming. In fact, it's probably here. And I and th- explain that. The employment model is what? Well, the employment model is that the, the reality is either some court or a regulatory agency, and it looks like a regulatory agency so far, is going to declare college athletes to be employees. And that would be National Labor Relations Board, right? Yes. Well, yes, and that's that's what's happened in the Dartmouth case. Uh, a local administrative hearing judge, a regional one, has deemed that the Dartmouth men's basketball team or women's, I can't remember. They don't get scholarships, so how are they employees? Well, they get, you know, they certainly get financial aid and other right, benefits yeah. that are, whether it's formal, whether it's specifically tied to their athletic uh, competition, everybody knows that it's tied to their athletic participation. So they've been deemed employees at the local administrative hearing level, which has happened before. Uh, I don't think the sky is falling, uh, but look, the employment model is coming. And I think you, you either have to embrace it and help shape it and be a part of the solution, or you're just going to get run over. I think the NCAA is at risk of just being run over by the courts. Yeah, and, and the Big Ten and SEC know it. And some are saying it's a possible break off of the Big Ten and SEC who then want to do their own playoff trees 
have their own championship game and you take, you know, eight teams from the Big Ten or soon to be, what, 16? How is it? How many are they up to? 18? Yeah, 18. No, 16. Well, I know the two eighteen. Lead. No, it's going to be eighteen with Washington, Oregon, UCLA, and USC. Yeah, it's going to be eighteen. So maybe it would be you know nine schools from each league, eight schools make the playoffs, and you have a champion. I think their initial move is going to be to try to shape the future to their liking, to develop the future model of college football in particular and big time college athletics generally under the threat of secession. They're going to throw their weight around and threaten to leave. If they don't get the power at, they desire. At the, or if they don't really get the structure they want. I think the only problem with, you know, the, the Big Ten and the SEC are now 34 schools in 27 states. I mean, it's real. And their TV deal per league is $25 million bigger than the next, per school, than the next conference, which would be the Big 12. They're just so much bigger. Uh, I think the one problem with just a Big Big Ten SEC league is then you don't have any preseason games. You don't have any doormats at all. And then good teams are well, fishing at the, the bottom. Can they take the doormats out of the MAC or, you know, it would be, you know, the American Conference, uh, Southland, whatever the smaller conferences near the SEC. And also you got the MAC. Uh, you could even, you know, get some FCS schools in there. I mean, you could well, they find... Don't want to, but they don't want to share their money, their conference money with them. I, I, that's why I think... I so don't what think... if they went all... With, with, with the attractiveness, I was thinking about this, of the SEC expanding, now adding Oklahoma and Texas, right? It, and we, we mentioned Oregon, Washington, UCLA, USC to the Big Ten this fall. Why play any non-conference games when your conference games would be so much more attractive to television and to the fan base? But people like to see wins, too. So that's going to be part of it. I mean, you know, look, some good teams are going to finish at the bottom and not have many wins. I mean, that's that's the problem with the NFL model. And the other problem is, you know, the NFL has socialism. Everybody shares everything equally. Uh, you know, college football is more like Major League Baseball. <laughs> there, there's no rules. And, and the conferences share equally, but not the the entity as a whole. Right. There's no there's no spending caps. There's no regulation. So what do you think the Big Ten and SEC are looking for that they want power control? Right. Yeah, right. I, I think they want to set up, uh, you know, big time college football association. Uh, I think they want to have their leagues dominate it. I think they want to you know set the rules, set the tone. Um, I think they want to have some revenue sharing. I think they want to have um, probably some level of employment status, but in collective bargaining and some control other other than the complete chaos we have right now. Do you see them? And I know you and I have talked about this and David Gregory, by the way, certified NFL PA agent lawyer by trade bull rush sports. Look them up on Twitter. Uh, He's our sports slash legal advisor, insider. Title IX becomes you got to do it equally for everybody. Could this play be to privatize the football side of this to get it away from Title IX, which would create a true business model? Well, I'd say yes, but the complicating factor is if, let's say, whether by legislation or maybe more likely court or regulatory action, big-time college athletes are deemed employees, then it gets to be how does federal and state labor law when their employees interplay with Title IX? It gets really weird. 
Um, so actually becoming employees might be an advantage for, so they're lawyers, let's say Big Ten SEC in, in this talk of this partnership are saying, yeah, we might be able to get around this Title IX if we do make them employees. I will say this. It gets really interesting about how state and federal labor law interplay with Title IX on the educational benefits, equal opportunity side. And I'm not a labor lawyer. so that get, But that gets a lot less clear cut than Title IX is right now when they're not employees. Well, I know it'd be like, because then Title IX at Michigan State doesn't mean there's got to be an equal amount of uh, female janitors and male janitors or female IT uh Support staff and male, right? Because but we, they're employees. But we have workplace employment non-discrimination laws, too. I, I, what I just mean is... But how do they get around it, though? That, that's the whole point. How do you get around Title IX? Well, no, for, uh, for big-time college football, or are they making still making so much money funding these other sports? Because I, I was reading stories that like the LSU national champion women's basketball program lost $13 million last year. Yeah. But football makes so much, they can cover it. Just like at Ohio State, at Michigan, football basically funds the athletic department. It's very true. And, and you know, the, 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 the women's tournament makes money. The, women tur- the women's tournament gets good ratings, but makes good money. Get that. But that's the NCAA's, you know, party. And then it's shared. But, you know, the schools, are, that's not a direct pipeline. It's not like the CFP, which is not a part of the NCAA, and the money's flowing right to the schools with almost no middleman. And they say, why aren't we doing this on everything? That's basically the premise wow. of the Big Ten SEC partnership, right? Yeah, I, I think that's the other thing. We, we got the college football playoff model that doesn't involve the NCAA. Why do we need them? We're the moneymaker, so we want control and we want more of the money. And, and, and what value is the NCAA adding, which has three divisions, 97 conferences, and 1,000 members of widely varying profiles? And you can just uh, get the FBI and DOJ. They seem to be fair to oversee security for them. Well, but, but here's the other thing. The, the, NCAA, the NCAA will die. Apparently, they will die on the hill of, of college athletes not being employees. Because even this model that Charlie Baker, the new president, has proposed, the new president of the NCAA, is, okay, you, you can do direct NIL deals and you got to have a trust fund and you can have more self-governance, but we have to have legislation that says they're not employees. And I think the realists at the Big Ten and the SEC are like, they're going to be treated as employees. Uh, they're going to get a piece of the revenue that'll take care of a lot of our NIL issues. Um, and then we're going to have collective bargaining so we can control the thing a little bit. And that involves lawyers, that involves rules you follow on labor, national labor relation yes. board laws. Uh, you get into, now Now you're getting, I, I think you're sidestepped, but I'm not a lawyer, you are, and you're not a labor lawyer, as you mentioned, but now employees, profit sharing and things, you're getting around Title IX. Uh, but is that football you're only? Because you got basketball and the NCAA Basketball tournament is a multi-billion dollar moneymaker. Yeah, I don't, I, that's the thing. What are the bargaining units? Uh, is it sport-wide? Is it conference-wide? Is it just football, right? Is it just football? But, you know, if a college athlete is, is an employee for football, they, they effectively are for other sports because it's the control element that the employer has. But what about a non-revenue-producing sport? Does it just go away out of school? 
Well, that's certainly that's certainly the risk. That, that's certainly the risk of the employment model. But does the SEC and Big Ten, as much as they want to say publicly and in their TV coverage on their respective networks, do they really care about non-revenue producing sports? Probably not nearly as much. I, I got to say, the SEC, I don't think they care much. I, I, I don't. I think the Big Ten, they care a little bit more. Well, the SEC cares about baseball. And they do well. They've been serving booze in their stadiums. They treat it like minor league baseball across the SEC. And and I think women's basketball is on the rise and, and probably women's soccer, too. But, yes, well, what about all the Olympic sports? I think those are the ones that are men's and women's that are really at risk in this new world where we are going to. Well, that's that's why when this and again, it's early stages of this Big Ten SEC conversation, the. Dartmouth story from earlier this week on the National Labor Relations Board. There's no set course yet. I almost see kind of like, you know, we did with high school football when they couldn't come together in the OK Conference in West Michigan. They, they couldn't find a model that had every school agree. So they went to football only conferences. And then the rest of the sports are in different conferences. Right? right? A different setup. Yes. That was the only way you could appease everybody. What I see is that the move of the Big Ten and SEC is that similar to the college football playoff structure, which doesn't include any other sport, okay, that for football only, you separate this as employees. It become, you, you figure out a way through legally to do it collective bargaining, all those things you talked about, and football becomes its separate animal. I think that sounds really good, and, and, and I think there'll be a lot of advocacy for that. I would just say that people, labor activists, uh, you know, union organizers aren't going to stop trying to deem all college athletes as employees. So how can you, but, but if there's no profit... Gymnastics, let's say. And again, Michigan, Michigan State Gymnastics had like... 11,000 people out of, out of gymnastics meet last weekend. Mm-hmm. But if they're not producing money, then unfortunately, what a college will have to do is say, we're not funding that sport anymore. It can be a club sport. It's going to have to sustain on its own. That is the cut and dry business side of this. I think that I think a lot of that is going to happen in the new world. We're going to a lot of these, quote, unquote, Olympic sports are... So all of a sudden there's a national club association that has its championships. Yeah. I just think we're going to see less, uh, you know, university sponsored intercollegiate at sports. You know, for the NCAA, David, and we'll, we have one more segment together. For them not to get ahead of everything, NIL, pay to play. Uh, I know Northwestern brought up the union thing and that was squashed uh, before, but. For them not to have a plan with all, they were just cashing the checks. It's kind of like Montgomery Wards and Sears. They were anchoring every mall. They own the uh, competitive uh, business world, and they didn't honor their competition or change in times, and then they're dinosaurs and they're out of business, right? Right. I mean, if you benefit from the status quo, why do you want to get ahead of things? I mean, adapt or die, but two things about the NCAA. Number one, how can they have a coherent position when their membership is so so diverse and so just not alike? 
there's, there's just a lack of commonality of interest when you look at the full membership. That's number one. Number two, it is in their DNA to oppose the employment model. It is in their bloodstream. You know, do you well, know they fought the O'Bannon brothers all the way to the Supreme Court on the name, image, and likeness, right? Let me ask you this huge. Where do you think the term student athlete came from? NCAA? Yeah, the NCAA invented this term back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s because they were fighting workers' comp claims for football players who were injured, and they did not want them to be deemed employees for which they would have to pay workers' comp benefits. So they invented the term student athlete as opposed to employee. And they have clung to it, uh, again, with every fiber of their being ever since. In fact, they still cling to it by saying, yeah, we got to do all these things to modernize Division One, big-time college football at a minimum, but we have to have an act of Congress saying that student-athletes are not employees, and we have to have an antitrust exemption. They, they, did, they won't let go of it, from what I can tell. Uh, I, I think Charlie Baker's probably smart enough to realize they have to let go of it, but I just don't think he can get his membership to buy in. And one thing that uh, there's a trickle-down effect here, if there is a splinter, if it is football only, if, if it is the Big Ten and SEC breaking off, that that NCAA championship money that they get from football, not the college football playoff, but conference championships, other games, and the NCAA tournament funds D2, D3, FCS championships yeah. all the way down. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a hornet's nest, and it'll be interesting. Money will drive this and how it plays out. David Gregory, he is a lawyer by trade, a certified NFL PA agent with Bull Rush Sports. He's based in West Michigan. You can follow Bull Rush on Twitter. It is the draft season. Uh, he joins us in studio, and we get to sports and the legal side and also, uh, with the draft coming up, and he'll be back uh, during the combine and also right through uh, the NFL draft at the end of April uh, in Detroit. Follow Bull Rush uh, Sports uh, on Twitter. We'll have one final segment with David coming up next. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. Great shot. Get ready for a fantastic season of golf at the West Michigan Golf Show. Look for amazing deals on the newest equipment and apparel. Discover local courses and golf getaways throughout Michigan and the U.S. Play the hole-out challenge, closest to pin contest, and $10,000 long putt. Junior golfers get in free and play the family fun zone. The Golf Show, coming February 9 through 11, DeVos Place, Grand Rapids. Special price Friday tickets at westmichigangolfshow.com. Huge here with a reminder that Friday, 3 until 6, I'll be broadcasting live for the West Michigan Golf Show at DeVos Place in downtown GR. Make sure you stop by the Long Drive Simulator, hosted by Event Swings, powered by SureBet. And whoever can beat my drive and has the longest one will win an overnight stay for four, 36 holes of golf, and a Taco Tuesday dinner at Tellymore in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. Take your Long Drive Swing at the Long Drive Simulator, hosted by Event Swings, powered by SureBet. Leonard Skinner. ZZ Top. Friday, August 9th at Soaring Eagle Casino, the Sharp Dressed Simple Man Tour. Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top. Tickets start at $38 and are on sale now at the box office at etix.com. Part of the Soaring Eagle Summer Outdoor Concert Series, Leonard Skinner and ZZ Top. Friday, August 9th at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. 
Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. Get everything you need for the big game with just one stop at Meyer. Kick off the party with buy one fresh from Meyer family pack chicken wings for $2.99 per pound and get one Frederick's by Meyer wing sauce free. Pick up extra large avocados for 99 cents each. Meyer party size chips for $2.99 and buy one get one 40% off Meyer meatballs. Plus, DiGiorno pizza is just $4.99. Everything for the big game is easy to get with just one stop at Meyer. Exclusion supply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back in The Huge Show across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. David Gregory, NFL PA certified sports agent with Bull Rush Sports. He is based in West Michigan. They focus on Michigan athletes, but now uh, their client list is expanding beyond Michigan because uh, David knows what he's talking about, and he's joining us in studio a lot when it comes to sports and the legal side here, the Big Ten SEC partnership. You got Labor Relations Board in Dartmouth earlier this week on Chicago athletes being employees. Because the business model, David, that we talked about earlier if you're going to include every athlete at Michigan or Michigan State, okay, because we haven't even talked about how Central and Western are going to afford paying student-athletes. See, there, there's the haves and the have-nots. There, you know, Western and Central have to take these payday games to fund their athletic departments, right? I'm talking right. football payday games, sometimes basketball as well. I, what I see is the splinter. I really see maybe football, basketball, the revenue sports go over here and, and they go under employees because there's profit coming in. They share benefits, however you do it. They privatize it. You know, even hedge funds, which we talked about before, investors, that side of it. And then there's kind of like the D3 model, right? Yeah. Where D3 does pretty well without any scholarships. Correct. They do really well. It's the D2 lower level D1s, FCS, that group there that could really get hammered if there is a split. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, again, like you said, a lot of that tournament, a lot of the money that flows through the NCAA currently trickles down and funds lower levels, uh, lower divisions, their championships, and so on. So, you know, so how does Central, you know, because Michigan, Michigan State can survive even if they have to pay everybody. Let's yeah. say. And they do it right now, basically, right? 
So you're a central, a western, an eastern. You're Ferris, Grand Valley, Saginaw Valley. You know, Northwood, it basically is kind of on that fringe, you know, NAI, D3 side. They really put academics first, which is, you know, they have great sports programs, yeah. but it's a novel concept. Yeah, you know what, we're going to put academics first. Are you kidding me? What type of school are you? But they do. You know, the MIAA, which is all D3 schools, they're fine. I don't think they're affected by this. They're championships, you know, uh, could. But what what is the perfect model, you think, where you would get the revenue versus non-revenue sports that would make everybody happy at all levels? And I'm talking that Central Western FCS D2 group. Well, the perfect model is probably – some version of what the NCAA is seeking. I just don't think it's realistic, which is some kind of antitrust exemption from Congress for college athletics, Uh, some form of collective bargaining, but a special status less than employees. Um, Yeah, but how does Ferris or I will start with Central and Western. I know they're moving some of the games back to Saturdays, the rivalry games, they live off of minimal TV deals. How do those athletic departments survive in a world where the men and women would be deemed employees? Well, they just would, they would probably survive them or they'd have to cut some sports, which they would, uh, number one. Number two, they would just be able to pay less, but they'd have to pay something. Uh, and it would probably be collectively bargained. Um, they would just, I mean, there's always been haves and have nots and even in FBS level football. Oh, in life, there's a big corporation that does well and there's a business that is going out of business, right? But to your point, I mean, the big schools and maybe even some mid-majors can handle the employment model. They'll lose some sports, but it's the Division Twos, FCSs. Yeah, how does Michigan Tech, Northern Michigan, uh, Ferris, you know, uh, Saginaw Valley, Grand Valley, those schools, how do they get through it? Would be difficult for them in under the employment model because the idea isn't you're not an employee because of because your employer makes money. It's because they control your labor, <laughs> and it's the control element. It's the control of the labor and then the receipt of some benefits in exchange that that cause the this local administrative judge under the, the National Labor Relations Board to deem that the Dartmouth basketball players were employees, even though they don't receive athletic scholarships, they do receive other benefits. So look, that same logic applies to a D three football player, Calvin or hope. It just does. So, but if that player isn't getting a scholarship at Calvin hope, I know they're getting some financial aid, like we mentioned, and there's no revenue coming in for that school, Calvin hope, uh, Alma Albion, whatever we're talking about here, MIAA D3 schools. How, how do you pay somebody if there's no revenue coming in? Well, there is revenue coming in. It's just a net loss. I mean, they'll, they'll probably maybe, they may well not engage in the activity anymore. That's the That's point. why I worry. That That's yes. my point here. I worry that the easy way out for these schools, and there still are some schools that wouldn't mind athletics going away. Everybody's not Alabama or Michigan or Ohio State that, that that's my point here. Yeah, but athletics drives employment, drives uh, enrollment. A lot of MIAA schools they see athletics and the addition of of sports as a as a enrollment increase. I, I think as a, an enrollment play. I think at two schools I've seen these numbers at Aquinas College, which is NAI, mm-hmm. 
and Adrian, which is D3, right? Mm-hmm. That there's a high, like some crazy number, like 60, 70% of their students are athletes, right? Correct. That they play a sport. That may be a little high, but yes, to, to get into the 40s and 50s at some of these small schools or maybe more yes. is not unheard of. And it's an enrollment play. I, I mean, they offer sports so these kids will come and they get some financial aid, but they're, they're still paying for four or five paying, years, right? Yeah, they're still paying for some significant portion of it. Yeah, I, that's so there's a I will say that those lower level schools have survived without a business model for the most part. Well, Calvin didn't add football for no reason. They thought it was going to add 100 to 120 new students paying probably at least half or more of the freight. So for them, it does make good business sense. It's just if they have to then cut their employees in on the action, that probably makes less sense. That's that, that's They're the getting free here. labor. They're getting free labor, and they're benefiting from it, even if it isn't. The massive profits. So even that you paying see them hundred bucks a month, that would be the collective bargaining. This is what we can afford. Here's a two hundred and fifty dollar a month stipend. It's either right? the, you know either that or hey, football goes away here, Johnny. I mean, so yeah, I. So look, in an ideal world, there would be some special status, and they wouldn't be employees, in particular to protect uh, Division two, II, Division three sports. But I just don't. I just think it's very unlikely that our Congress is ever going to pass something like that. And that's what it would require. Uh, by the way, speaking of Calvin University, I got to give a shout out. Uh, Marcus Bradman, uh, who works at our flagship station, 96-1 The Game, told me that his son Chase, who was a quarterback at Grand Rapids South Christian, played as an undergrad at Indiana Wesleyan, uh, now will have at least two years of eligibility remaining at Calvin University to play football as they'll Begin their inaugural season this fall, so good luck to Chase Bradman and the Calvin Knights football program that also welcomed in a f- former high school court or coach at North Point in Carson City Crystal, Tim Swore. Good well, guy. if we're doing shout-outs in inaugural season, shout-out to my son Andrew Maloche, who's on the inaugural team of the men's volleyball as an intercollegiate sport at Calvin. Is he really? He got a game tonight, yep. Oh, my gosh. That's a... And then your son, Jack, uh, committed to Northern Michigan University. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's following in mom and dad's footsteps. From eight of Forest Hills Easter, my son Ace's uh, teammate. And Jay Keemstra, tight end from eight of Forest Hills Eastern, committed to Northern Michigan. And Braden Mulcahy, uh, who's a great wrestler, had a tough loss in the OK Gold Championship match. He'll bounce back in districts coming up uh, this week. He has committed to Hillsdale College out of Ada Forest Hills Eastern. And I think we're going to have a few more uh, yeah. college players out of Eastern in the next couple of years. We'll see. Maybe one with the name, last name Simonson. Yeah, I don't okay. know. I, I, are you offering illegal <laughs> enticements as an agent to my son? No, but I'm glad to be his NIL representative. Yeah, there he goes. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. <laughs> David goes, I, and also got to give Adam. Adam, I saw him at Miami of Ohio Junior yeah. Day. Yeah, so they... Uh, Joe Swander's done a great job of that program. You can usually tell, like Chase Bradman is from Grand Rapids South Christian. You can, when you start seeing kids go to college, that that high school program is is set. And South yeah. Christian's been cranking them out in the college camp in Solcoma. Well, it means they're Moss going to Grand Valley. They were two great players. They beat us twice by three in the last thirty seconds. It means they're going I'm to getting over that. I'm they're going okay. to camps. They're go, they're lifting yeah. weights. They're building a program. Any other school? I brought up South Christian. Any other school from last football season that I can bring up besides 
South Christian, because if we would have won that game, you were there. Yep, we could have been to Ford Field playing. Well, Harper hey, Woods. you got to. Hey, you know what? That's that's going to be their next. No, marker. I'll get they, over it. They, they Lions, gotta, Lions, that loss, this loss. Yeah, I'll get over it. Huge. I, I do want to do another shout out, which is another shout out. We, we talk Senior Bowl, uh, and, and I'm remiss in saying I went to Mobile. If you're a college football fan uh, or you're a draft nut, you should make the trek to Mobile next year. Uh, the practices are free. And and that's what you're really there for is to see the practices and all the scouts and all the all the agents and all the team personnel and it's a, it's a really community a community festival in Mobile. Are you sucking up for better parking next year no, at the but Senior Bowl? Look, it's it's almost like you don't need it. It's great. It's, it's almost, like a fan fest for it, it is, and it's for, like for draft fan fest. Right? And it's, they have a Mardi Gras parade where the players participate. They have a concert. It's a lot like the Cherry Festival. Which is no surprise because the guy who runs the Senior Bowl is Jim Nagy from Traverse City, and he runs the Cherry Festival too. Well, he runs the he runs the Senior Bowl like it's the Cherry Festival. I one a time I was golfing event. there at Grand Traverse, and the, I think it was the Thunderbirds or something came over, disrupted a putt. I got a do over. <laughs> that was awesome. That was fantastic. Yeah, good job by the way from the Senior Bowl. We'll talk when you go down to the combine. We'll be uh, at your NFL draft night. Uh, party in downtown Detroit, just a few blocks from the stage where Goodell will be going through the first round. So draft coverage uh, will continue uh, through the end of April here on the Huge Show across Michigan. David Gregory, he is a lawyer by trade, an NFLPA certified sports agent with Bull Rush Sports. If you're a parent, uh, if you have a family member, you're an athlete, you want the right guy to represent you, NIL, to taking you through the draft process, uh, Bull Rush Sports, uh, the number, everything you need. Uh, look them up on Twitter. David, good stuff as always. Thanks, Huge. Great to be here. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Hey, Michigan, let's go big. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app. Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your deposit for up to $1,500, and you'll get 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. Get everything you need for the big game with just one stop at Meyer. Kick off the party with buy one fresh from Meyer family pack chicken wings for $2.99 per pound and get one Frederick's by Meyer wing sauce free. Pick up extra large avocados for 99 cents each. Meyer party size chips for $2.99 and buy one get one 40% off Meyer meatballs. Plus, DiGiorno pizza is just $4.99. Everything for the big game is easy to get with just one stop at Meyer. Exclusion supply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for my good friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now they have a super offer for Super Bowl 58. DraftKings Sportsbook is inviting new customers to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when you sign up. You then can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Plus, you can get in on the same game parlays. Everyone's got a shot at even bigger wins for Super Bowl 58. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code HUGE when you sign up. 
and new customers can bet five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets for Super Bowl 58. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only when you use code HUGE to sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58. Sign up with code HUGE to take advantage of this super offer. The crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back on the huge show across Michigan, wrapping up our number two. Coming up, Lomas Brown, Josh Garvey, final weekly segment of the Lions season. We'll look back at the year that was, look ahead to the fall, and also Super Bowl predictions. You can drop yours at Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. Speaking of Lomas, how would you like to win Lomas's Lions custom tricked out golf cart? from Impact Power Sports. Now, they're located on 14 Mile Road in Rockford, just north of GR. They service the entire state. They're Michigan's newest Yamaha golf cart dealer. All you have to do is text IMPACT, I-M-P-A-C-T, to 21000, and you'll be in the drawing this summer during a huge golf event at the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. Just text IMPACT, I-M-P-A-C-T, to 21000, no purchase is necessary. And you'll be in that drawing and you could win Lomas's Lions tricked out golf cart. Now, if you're looking for a custom golf cart for your golf club, your neighborhood, your business or businesses, a lake house, talk to Drew and the crew at Impact Power Sports. You can design and put whatever you want to, make it look the way you want to on your own custom. Yamaha Golf Cart. Just stop by and see Drew and the crew at Impact Power Sports on 14 Mile Road in Rockford. Or you can see some of the work they do. Just search Impact Power Sports on Facebook. That's Impact Power Sports on Facebook. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Thursdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are presented by Josh Garvey and his team at Dorn Mayhew. They're one of the world's top accounting, CPA, and business firms. Their world headquarters are in Troy, Michigan, on the east side of the state. And Josh and his team are based in downtown Grand Rapids at the Dorn Mayhew West Michigan office. Thursdays on the Huge Show are presented by Dorn Mayhew. What's up, Michigan? It is our number three on a Dorn Mayhew Thursday. They are one of the world's top accounting, CPA, and business firms. World headquarters in Troy, Michigan, on the east side of the state. Josh Garvey oversees the Grand Rapids office for Dorn Mayhew. He's the managing shareholder and each and every Thursday going back to 
Early September, we would get together with Lomas Brown, the former Lion, member of the Lions Radio Network. We would preview the Lions' next game. We'd talk about the NFC North and all the NFL storylines. It was a magical ride. We never wanted it to end. Well, today is the finale. Next week would have been the finale if the Lions would have held on to that 24-7 lead in the NFC Championship game in San Francisco. Super Bowl Sunday is Niners and the Chiefs. And Lomas gave a rousing speech to Josh and myself before we began this segment. He said, Huge, it's time to look ahead. Leave San Francisco behind. You cannot function as a man or broadcaster if you live every day celebrating the Lions in a Super Bowl at halftime when they led 24-7. Follow me, Loma said, and you shall get out of the darkness of what could have been. Yes. That was yeah. beautiful. I had, I had tears rolling down my eyes. Josh Garvey's going, I'm over it. Lomas is going, I'm over it. And yeah. I go, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, it, it, it still it doesn't hurt as much as it did a week ago, but it still stings. And I even Brad Holmes, Lomas, speaking this week, and he kind of took on a couple of members of the media, and he said, hey, we're not a Cinderella story. You can even see in his facial expressions and his voice He's thinking like us on how close they were to a Super Bowl that not only you won the NFC, but a Super Bowl where you beat that team on their home field to start the season. Yeah, and this only is only going to feel worse to Brad if San Francisco some kind of way pulls off the upset and beats Kansas City. It's only going to feel worse because, again, you know this was the team. We had them. We had them here, just like you said earlier. You know, you got a lead like that, and you got a half of football to go. And the team had been so good all year long with closing games out like that. And not to be able to close out the NFC Championship game, I think that's what stings, too. That It just kind of hurts. And, it should hurt. It should hurt. It should hurt us because how much we had invested in this season, how much we got invested in this team. So it should hurt for a couple of days. But, you know, now huge. It's time to mend. It's time to heal, my good man. I got a new name for Lomas. He's known as Sunshine Brown now. That is – and the sun is shining. Hold on. I'm looking out the window right now. The sun is shining from Reverend Sunshine Brown. Yeah, the devil jumped up in that second half. But the devil didn't play the full season. Uh, Josh Garvey, managing shareholder, Dorn Mayhew. Josh – you seem in a better mood. I'm joking and laughing as well. Uh, the sting is wearing off, but it still hurts. And I think that's why I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl being behind us. Absolutely. Still hurts. But at the end of the day, I think back to those conversations we had when we all first did our first show. We asked ourselves, what's the expectation? And we talked about it throughout the year on the show. They exceeded all those expectations. And I think we got to celebrate that success that they exceeded with two home playoff wins. They went to a championship game. You're right, man. we got to celebrate the successes, and that's it. And we go to next year, and we, we build off from that momentum. And that's it. I'm, I'm ready to look out the, the front now, too. And 
Oh, so all of a sudden, Reverend Sunshine Brown <laughs> has touched your heart here. It's like yeah. a revival. We're, we're going to get in the huge RV with Marty and the Michigan Sports Network. We're going city to city. And we're going to have revival saying on the hitch, yeah. the NFC Championship game. No, I want to ride on that golf cart and do that, right? Yeah, Lomas is a uh, golf yeah, cart. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's, that's nice. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be with Lomas February, Friday, February 23rd. I think is a date that will be at the Outdoor Rama. That will be at the Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi. Mm-hmm. So I'll be back there with Impact Power Sports. And if you want to try and win Lomas's uh, golf cart from Impact Power Sports, text IMPACT uh, to 21000. Going back to Brad Holmes speaking to the media, Lomas. You know, he said, well, we're not a one-hit wonder. I, I don't think there's anybody anywhere now especially during the two playoff wins that Josh talked about, that they let at halftime. I don't, I don't think anybody all season long ever felt like this is the year they have to do it. They're never going to get back there. I, I didn't quite get the, hey, the Lions are a Cinderella story, one-hit wonder comment from Holmes. Yeah, I mean, uh, and again, you know, it's huge. When you put, like I said, that much time into stuff, you know, three years Brad has invested in those draft picks. And you could tell because he kept bringing up his 2021 um, um, draft class as proof of what he can do and what he has done, the, the, what he has accomplished already. It's just, like I say, for Brad, it's just kind of a testimony to what uh, – what he has accomplished here in a short amount of time. And, you know, a lot of times, like I say, when you put that much time into it and people just kind of, you know, kind of poo-poo and ha-ha it, you know, you feel a little sensitive. You feel a certain way about it. And, you know, I think that's just from our fans being scorned all these years. Think about the 30-some years Mm. that we went through. And I think that's the biggest thing that Brad – uh, and uh, is going to have to get over. These fans have been scorned for so many years, and it's hard to get over that heartbreak that they've had with the Lions. Lomas Brown joining us, uh, courtesy of Dorn Mayhew, all football season long. Our final weekly segment for this year. We'll be back at the end of August. Josh Garvey, managing shareholder for Dorn Mayhew, one of the world's top accounting CPA and business firms. He runs a GR office joining us. Uh, Josh, I I think we both agree, and we've talked a lot about the Lions on and off air, that the foundation is set for the Lions to have what do they call the salary cap window run five to seven years. I think they're set up. They're going to add pieces. I trust Holmes. I trust Campbell, even though you know uh, some of his clock management, game management, uh, I'd like to see different in bigger games. But the Lions are set up to give us an unprecedented run like we've never seen before. I have to agree, and I think that they can take this off season to reassess where the weaknesses were. And we, we as the fans, saw some of those things. And uh, the secondary, for me in particular, is a big area where we need to improve. Um, and, and I think that they're going to do that. These guys are smart guys. And I go back to your comment for, on Campbell for a minute. I, I think he's still learning as a coach, too. He's, he's still kind of a, a younger coach in the, in the uh, position he's in. But... I think we're going to see a really nice run. I think we've, we're set up with really good pieces. Goff's going to get an extension. So 
I like what we've got going on right now. Oh, I'm, I'm getting frightened here because uh, both Lomas and Josh are making a lot of sense uh, <laughs> early. In our, it, it took all year for us to get to this point, guys. It took all season. <laughs> Coach, you were just going, yeah, are you telling me we did like 19 of these segments <laughs> for all of us to get on the same page finally, and it's over. It just isn't, isn't that life. Lomas, I'll begin with you and Josh, and I'll get your thoughts. What, what needs to happen before they get to that season open? And we'll find out in early May when the schedules come out following that draft in Detroit. What do they need to do to go next level and be the best team in the NFC? Yeah, I think because of how we're built and how Dan wants to build this team, how Brad wants to build this team, I think we have to look for depth on our, both our lines, our O-line and our D-line. I think you're going to have to bring in some guys, and I think you're going to have to bring in some impact guys. If you look free agency-wise, you're going to have to bring in a guy that can impact you, maybe an interior guy to help Aleem McNeil, maybe a defensive end to help Aiden Hutchinson. Or we definitely know we're going to have to look at interior offensive linemen, especially at the guard position because we don't know what's going to go on, go on with Jonah Jackson. So I think there you look there and just like, uh, just like Josh said, you definitely have to look at some secondary help too. All right, Josh, what do you think the Lions need to do uh, during this offseason to go next up, next level, which would be win the NFC uh, close to a year from now and get to a Super Bowl? What do you think they need to do? I think echo some of Lomas' comments here. Um, We're going to try. I think somebody is talking to Lomas. Fans are getting autographs. Hey, hey, I got a hug from a fan. I'm feeling good about it. Hold on. You got fans. They they, they go, are you you Reverend Sunshine Brown? You took away all the clouds in my life, and I'm happy now that the Lions lost the NFC Championship game. Thank you, Reverend Sunshine Brown. Getting fan hugs over there. He's doing a revival on us right now. Sorry, man. I had Take You're hook. famous. He's cute too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he's famous, man. They go, I know you. Thank you, Lomas. You helped me through. I, I was, I was, I was depressed. I couldn't get over twenty four seven, and I heard you on the huge show just a few minutes ago, and you inspired me. Oh my! All right, so, all right, so we now join uh, the huge show. Dorn Mayhew, Lomas Brown, Josh Garvey, already in progress in between the Lomas Brown fan. Fest uh, in Detroit, uh, Josh. You were you were saying uh, what the Lions need to do to be NFC champs next year. Uh, I think I echo some of what Lomas was saying before the fan hug, um, which is uh, defensive end on the other side. By the way, help. he didn't hug me when I saw him at the Michigan Ohio State tailgate. Sorry, I got a, I got a big hug. Sorry, oh, okay. but well, I'm just kidding. You guys have been oh, best buddies. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, it's the last segment. Darn. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, take three, Josh. Uh, what do you think the Lions need to do to win the NFC? He's gonna miss us. Um, but uh, I think I think Hutch needs some help on the other side. Absolutely. Um, I think we got to keep those key players that we talked about all year. Our key position guys. Don't let anybody go. Um, and the secondary is a problem, um, in my opinion, as a fan. I, 
there's there's just guys back there that seem confused. I don't know if that's some of the coaching or what that is, but guys like Cam Sutton bother uh, the season for me. I just felt like he was always getting picked on, and we need to improve that secondary a lot. And I think outside of that, in my opinion, those are the two things, and everything else seems like you've got a Super Bowl built team, in my opinion. Because you're going to resign, or not resign, but uh, cut a new deal with golf. You may take care of Sewell now or tell him we're going to do it you know, next year. And, you know, St. Brown will get some money. They're not that far away, obviously. They led 24-7 at San Francisco, Lomas. Uh, they, they are right there. Uh, Super Bowl odds for a year from now. Lions are the second favorite after the Niners. Yeah, they should be. I mean, I, I think that Detroit is one of the best teams in the NFC, if not the NFL. Um, I think uh, with what happened this year, uh, they see the youth on this team. They see how Dan Campbell has the pulse of this team. I, I think we're going to be a team. Like I said, huge. I think our window should be open the next four or five, you know, years uh, because of the young nucleus that we have, uh, our ability to uh, get free agents here now. Uh, it's just only going to help us. And then the biggest thing is the cohesionness that we're going to have with our coaching staff, with everybody coming back. Um, it's all looking upward for the Lions. It really is. Lomas Brown, former Lion, he has joined us every week talking about the Lions, NFC North, and the NFL, courtesy of Dorn Mayhew, one of the world's top accounting CPA and business firms, or world headquarters are in Troy, Michigan. Josh Garvey is a managing shareholder for Dorn Mayhew's GR office. Joining me in studio, Lomas, uh, on the phone. So uh, is golf worth $50 million a year for how many years, according to Josh Garvey? I think he's worth it when you look at the statistics. But three, four, five I, years? I think at his point where he's at, I think four years. I think he, I think that'd be a safe move on the organization. And But I do. I think he's worth it. I do. Lomas, uh, how many years would you give uh, if golf? If you were sitting down with golf tonight, talking about a deal with his agent, whatever, how many years do you think the Lions will give him? You know, I'm thinking in the range of maybe three to four. You got Hendon Hooker, who you want to see how he's going to develop, um, and I think three years because he has one more left, right, on his contract. So I would give him three. That would push him at four years. Um, I think that would be a great contract. Like you said, you're going to have to look in the range of 45 to $50 million a year for him. But I, I'm with Josh. He deserves it. He's earned it. He don't deserve it. He earned it. He earned that payday. And I think, that, like I say, without Jared, I don't think we're here where we at. And I, without Jared, I don't think we could stay where we want to get at next year either without him. I agree uh, with paying golf the fifty million. I also echo what Josh said: four years, fifty million. Rip it up. You got one more year around thirty-one million. I think it is. You pay him four years. He's twenty-nine, going on thirty. That's at you know we're talking this four to seven-year window, give or take, based on who you have to pay, how much, and years. Given Sewell money, uh, given St. Brown money, there's your cornerstones. I also agree with Josh on. Uh, the secondary, you are going to pick at 29. You do have four picks in the first three rounds. I think then get a couple of quality cornerbacks, maybe one there in the draft, one 
uh, in free agency, a veteran now who wants to come play with a high-profile team who may play for a year or two, knowing he wants a bigger deal down the road like a Gilmore uh, with the Cowboys. So I trust Brad Holmes. I really do. I think the Lions are set up for this uh, magical run. One thing I am concerned about, though, Lomas, that popped on the radar this week, and I think it was after Brad talked, that they're giving Frank Ragnow some time to think about football, which there's a little flag there with a guy who has played hurt with that inoperable toe, banged up. Uh, he's a guy that really loves his family and his quiet time. It seems there's a period right now where Ragnow is debating whether he wants to continue to play. Yeah, yeah, but that happens, Hughes. Look, a lot of things go through your mind when you suffer a loss like that. First, it's just being over. You know what I'm saying? The, just the suddenness of it just being gone. And then you, you go to reflecting on things. You you look at your body. You feel your body. And you have to say to yourself whether you want to take your body back through that again. You know, that's something Frank's going to have to look at. You know, again, he has a family. You start looking at your mortality, man. You know, you want to be able, especially a young dad, you want to be able to play with your young kids, run around and have fun with them, spend quality. You want quality life in your second life. So, uh, yes, sir, he should look at that. Those are things that he's looking at. But me knowing Frank, he'll be back. He just has too much of that warrior spirit in him. But you all kind of go through that, especially the, the older you get. Each and every year, you start taking a look at uh, your football mortality. And one thing that the fans and media have no clue about, Lomas, unless they've played at the NFL level on what it does to your body. And now when you look at the evolution of the game, and nothing against your era, Lomas, both at Florida and in the NFL, the speed, size, and strength of these football players at the NFL level and the pounding these guys take now in 17 games and you mix in three playoff games and you're off season, that, that is a heavy toll on bodies and minds. Yeah, it really is, dude. And I, 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 I'm telling you the best thing that, that they took out of the game is some of the rules that they have in the game now to protect the guys because at this size speed, it's some of the things that we were allowed to do that you would hurt somebody really bad at this size and speed that some of the things that we used to do, like the blind side blocks. You think about it now, a receiver could go across the middle and, hell, he could bobble the ball a couple of times and don't have to worry about getting hit. You know that wasn't like that back in the day. You had one chance to catch that ball going across the middle. If you didn't, you got your block knocked off. Uh, you know, the cut blocks. Uh, you know, hands to the face. Just all those things that were legal back in the day when I played, they aren't legal and they shouldn't be because they do pose a, a, a problem to your health, especially to your long-term health, too. Yeah, the cut block, I see there are some scenarios where you need it, but there's also some where, hey, man, you know, I can see a cut block if you're looking at the person straight there. You're looking at them, but from the side, from behind, you know, and again, I know sometimes the penalties will get called, and those officials are always on top of uh, everything. Uh, but Hughes, think about this. All that was legal. 
from behind, from the side. Mm. All that was legal back in our day. All that was legal back in the day. So head slaps, you know, that wasn't illegal when I was in, but I couldn't imagine a defensive end slapping me across my head and I had to continuously block that guy. I just couldn't imagine that scenario, but that's how it used to be. So it's a lot of things they've taken out the game which will work to the detriment of the game or which will help. Uh, the game in the long in the long haul. Yeah, the concussion era doesn't seem to be as much with us with the evolution of helmets and uh, some of these uh, updates with rules. Which again, I the kickoff thing, I get that, but I I can't imagine a game without a kickoff. So we'll see how that plays out as we move forward in the NFL. Uh, Josh Garvey, Lomas Brown, joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan, fellas. Few minutes left. Wanted to get your Super Bowl thoughts. Nothing. Beats finishing off the last segment with a Super Bowl prediction and a game what should have had the Lions. I know we're going to get Sunshine Brown will ch- chime in. <laughs> I'll start with you because I haven't made a prediction yet, and I'm going to do it. Huh? I'm really going to do it. Uh, Josh Garvey, a managing shareholder, Grand Rapids office for Dorn Mayhew. What happens Sunday in Vegas? I'm over it, and I'm going to watch the game. Um, Good not, for you. Not going to watch for your, your kids. Not going to go to your puppy chow party that we talked I'm about. Not last doing, week, I'm but. not doing the puppy chow. Now I've upgraded to go watch it with buddies. I can't go to chow hound. Yeah. I'll, I'll look like a perv if I'm hanging yeah. out at chow hound around dogs. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't. I can't like so. you know. It's Super Bowl Sunday. That's huge for the huge show. Why is he standing in the aisle by all the puppies? That's right. So I'm going to watch this game, and and I I think. Last game of the year, looking at this matchup, I think the Chiefs are going to get the win. I think they're a better football team. I think they're better coached. I think they have a better quarterback. Um, And I think they're going to beat uh, San Francisco. And I could see like a 10-point win for for, uh, the Chiefs on on Sunday. All right, I'm going with uh, San Francisco by 3, 34-31. Lomas, I got about 40 seconds. What's your prediction on the Super Bowl on Sunday? Yeah, I'm going 24-28. I'm going Kansas City. Like I said, you got the not the king off his, off his throne, and that's Patrick Mahomes. So I'm looking for those guys to win the game on Sunday. Lomas, great year with Dorn Mayhew, Josh Garvey. Phenomenal. We'll talk in August. Okay, fellas? Sounds great. Sounds, Sounds good. great, guys. See you, Lomas. Take care, Josh. From Detroit to Petoskey. This show is huge. It's time to go on the court with Anthony Bellino. It's a new day to celebrate and be free. It's a new day full of action and excitement because it's a new day for winning only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a new day. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com. This season has been a relatively down year for the Big Ten. What used to be a whole host of teams in the AP Top 25 has dwindled down to just three. Purdue is two, Illinois is number 10, and Wisconsin at 11. What might be worse is that more than half of the league is outside of the ESPN BPI Top 50. And even worse than that, the almighty NCAA net rankings has just four Big Ten teams in the Top 50. That includes Michigan State, who by all accounts has reached DEFCON 3. The worst is Michigan, ranked at 111th in the net, and they're just 3-11 and 11 in quadrants 1 and 2. Comparatively speaking, the Spartans are 4-9 and nine in those two quadrants. What once was a very proud basketball conference is having an abysmal season with all of our March hopes riding on Zach Eady and the Purdue Boilermakers at the moment. Let's hope this is just an anomaly and not a long-term trend for the Big Ten. 
Huge here for my good friends from Urban U. Now, they are Michigan's most trusted med spa. Four locations across the state, one in Northville, three in the West Michigan area. And we have a huge giveaway from our friends at Urban U. Nicole told me about healthy skin as a mirror of a healthy body. Urban U Skin Health Giveaway will be one Glow 2 Facial Oxygen Hydration plus one Skin Vive Treatment, the first and only injectable facial rejuvenation treatment designed to add hydration directly into the skin with results that last up to six months. Now, this prize would be for Valentine's Day for a couple. You can win it. Just be listening to The Huge Show for your cue to call and be lucky caller 14 and you'll qualify for that couples package from Urban U. Four locations, one in Northville, three in West Michigan. For the one close to you, go to theurbanu.com. That's theurbanu.com. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. The food district is now open. There's something for everyone. From Bubba Coo's Burritos to Bonanno's New York Pizza Kitchen to Guy Fieri's Chicken and Ike's Lovin' Sandwiches. Savor every delicious flavor at the all-new Food District. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. Get everything you need for the big game with just one stop at Meyer. Kick off the party with buy one fresh from Meyer family pack chicken wings for $2.99 per pound and get one Frederick's by Meyer wing sauce free. Pick up extra large avocados for 99 cents each. Meyer party size chips for $2.99 and buy one get one 40% off Meyer meatballs. Plus, DiGiorno pizza is just $4.99. Everything for the big game is easy to get with just one stop at Meyer. Exclusion supply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Go check in with Paul Woods from the Wings Radio Network. He joins us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line here on The Huge Show across Michigan. And Paul, good to hear your voice again. Yeah, you too, huge. Hope all's well. All right, uh, let's talk about this journey so far with you and Ken and calling these Wings games and what has impressed you about this group and why they may be able to make the Stanley Cup playoffs compared to previous years. Well, the big thing for me is, is uh, the depth of, of the organization. And, and you guys in Grand Rapids uh, can, can witness it. You've got NHL players on the, on the American League team. So we're a very deep organization, and, and we've got great balance, too. Which is, And those two things we didn't have. So when we had key injuries and stuff, it really affected us. But we've got guys that are hungry to step in. And Jonathan Bergman, he scored 14 goals last year in the NHL, and he's in the American League. Simon Evanson, you know, people keep talking about him. He's big and he's strong, and he's a defenseman that can step in probably quickly and, and help out as well. So... Um, but again, just the team itself in general, um, it's, it's such great balance up front. Like we used to have problems. We got by our top two lines and top two defensive pairs. There's not anymore. Those uh, third defensive pair and third and fourth lines contributing on a daily basis. So that then the goaltending situation, um, it didn't start out well, but Alex Lyon has really made a difference now these last probably 15 games. 
Yeah, Lion has been unbelievable between the pipes. And, you know, we go back to the offseason pickup of the cat, the brink cat, and the difference he's made already to solid talent on the roster. But now you get an all-star caliber player, and he's living up uh, to all the hype, and the Wings are fighting uh, for a playoff spot. And when you look at the Eastern standings and you see Boston and Florida, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Detroit, Montreal in that fight, uh, in that division, it's not going to be easy uh, in the East to get to the playoffs. No, it's going to be a battle, you know, and again, every game is going to be critically important. they got 32 games left, and Toronto won last night, so they jumped up over Tampa Bay, so now it's Detroit and Tampa, uh, the two wildcard teams. But, uh, yeah, we just got to, you know, keep winning games. But we got a couple of guys coming back after the break, and Ben Sherratt back in the blue line is a very important player, I think, very physical guy, but smart. And then, we, of course, we've got Patrick Kane coming back, and, He's ready to roll, so he even makes Alex Dabrinkit better. But that's another thing, as you mentioned about Dabrinkit. We, we've got a couple of guys that are actually finishers, guys that can score goals and that have done it their entire careers. So it just gives another part of the equation, another weapon to use. So we've got the depth, but now we've got the offense. And the biggest thing, too, Huge, is in the last probably, oh, I'd say 12 to 15 games, the team, in my opinion, has really concentrated on the defensive side of it. And we, we've allowed like three goals or less in most of those games. And wouldn't you know it, once we started doing that, tightening up defensively, the victory started to pile up. We are the highest-scoring team in the Eastern Conference, so we can score a goal. That's not the problem. But the problem was we couldn't stop them. On these last 15 games, we've done a much better job. Paul Woods from the Ring, Wings Radio Network joining us on the Roast Over Coffee guest line here on the Huge Show across Michigan discussing the Wings coming back from the All-Star break. Yeah, I look at the Vancouver game uh, coming up on Saturday. And you take that one, and you'd like to get the W. And then this West Coast swing, I think, will be, when you look at the four dates, at Edmonton, at Vancouver, at Calgary, at Seattle, that that really sets up the rest of the season, in my mind. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge, you know. But, uh, you know, huge, like, the thing with it is, and, you know, I, I, I'm guilty of this myself sometimes. I keep saying, oh, wow, that's, you know, that's going to be a tough schedule and stuff like that. And those are tough teams, but... But we're a tough team to play against, too. Like, we're right there. And that's the thing of the NHL now. It's just the parity. It's just so many teams that are still battling for a playoff spot. And if you're not ready to go any given night, no matter who you're playing, you're going to lose. So you've got to be ready. It's a big challenge. But, uh, I mean, what excitement and, and, and what a great thing for players and, and coaches to be in, to be in that uh, battle, like, all season long. And it's been a long time since he's been in the fight for a, a playoff spot legitimately. So I think it's great for our group and – Again, I, I think Steve Eisen did a really good job in the offseason. And then huge again, when you're an NHL team and you add 12 different players during the offseason, that's a massive turnaround. And again, like I said, I think we're one of the better teams in the NHL right now. We have lots of different weapons. And as long as we continue to focus on that the defense and get that kind of goaltending, we're as good as any team in the league. And if you look at the offseason, really the last couple of years, Paul, in our conversations with Kenny and just my huge opinions, we were looking for better goaltending, looking for better blue line play, looking for a star to stand out outside of Larkin. And you got to bring it. You got better defense you're mentioning. You got Lyon between the pipes. You got Steve that I think, and I don't call him Steve personally like I know him, but uh, Stevie Y, he knew that offseason was big, uh, that the point had come that you just can't rely on all the young guys. You need a few of them, but you need to get veterans in and you need to get back to the Stanley Cup playoffs. You nailed it, uh, huge. And, and you know, the thing too, like that's, and, and people talk a lot about the draft, and it is a lifeline of, of an NHL team, but 
you know, you're only going to get so many really low picks, really high picks rather, and then you, you, your team gets better and you're, you're going to get picks, but again, they're not those, those high-end picks. But the point of it is that that's one way to make the team better. But the other side is there's about 100 to 150 unrestricted free agents every year in the NHL in the offseason. And yet it's a shopping. If you've got salary cap space, which is critically important, and we do, and we still have it, you can go around and you can add these different guys. And the thing about this is good, too, is it's not those long-term contracts for big, big dollars. It's one- or two-year deals. So guys come in. So you can reshape your team and get things going. So it's a combination of all those things, making the trades, making hockey trades, getting good players. But uh, I think he's done an amazing job. But, again, what I like is the depth. And two years ago, we didn't have Andrew Kopp. We didn't have T.J. Comper, a number two and number three center iceman. So now we're extremely deep down the middle with Larkin on top, who, by the way, is really playing outstanding hockey now, just two-way hockey and great leadership. And then you got a guy as good as Joe Valeno on that fourth-line center. And so you've got four really good center icemen. So my point being is you have a lot of quality shifts, and you don't have those bad shifts continuously where momentum starts to swing the other way to the opposing team. Wings back in action on Saturday. Paulie and Kenny on the Wings Radio Network. It will be an exciting run, and let's hope they jump back into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Paul, glad you had a little downtime. Always appreciate your time here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Always a pleasure, Huge. Take care. Thank you. All right. Yeah, Paul Woods said I nailed it in describing the offseason and the team. Yeah, Paul Woods, don't ever question that I don't know hockey. Okay, Superfly? This has been a tense day. All right, it's been... What we had to go through to get Lomas and Josh Garvey on may be subject of a 30 for 30 with ESPN one day. It was amazing behind the scenes. We had a documentary crew filming it. Sure, there was 14 to 18 beeps on me, but I'm relaxed now. I'm ready to almost call it a day. Remember, if you miss any of our legendary Huge Opinions interviews, Hours, full shows, our podcasts are free, and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, Amazon, and more. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Hey, Michigan, let's go big. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app, Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your deposit for up to $1,500, and you'll get 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Bill Simonson here for Roast Umber Coffee. It's a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And their nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option with no sugar or additives. So if you want a great coffee or energy drink to power you through your morning and your day, it's available in ground or whole bean or in cans. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at roastumber.com. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business. 
Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Huge here for my good friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now they have a super offer for Super Bowl 58. DraftKings Sportsbook is inviting new customers to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when you sign up. You then can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Plus, you can get in on the same game parlays. Everyone's got a shot at even bigger wins for Super Bowl 58. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code HUGE when you sign up. And new customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets for Super Bowl 58. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only when you use code HUGE to sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58. Sign up with code HUGE to take advantage of this super offer. The crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Final segment here on a Thursday broadcast on the huge show across Michigan. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer, and our friends from Purple Community, a huge part of the mission of Van Andel Institute in downtown Grand Rapids. They are looking to change and help and save lives uh, each and every day. Lene Satterley is joining us. Also, Danielle uh, Bozio from Southside Ice Arena, Hockey Fights Cancer. February 9th through the 11th uh, is an annual event and a huge fundraiser and brings a ton of awareness for Purple Community and Van Andel Institute. Uh, Danielle and Lene are joining us. How are you doing, ladies? Great, thank you. How are you? Good. Uh, Danielle, we'll start with you. Uh, For somebody listening who's never been to a Hockey Fights Cancer weekend at Southside Ice Arena, it's happening February 9th through the 11th. Explain what's going on. Yes, we uh, partner with the Purple Community and our Fox Motor Hockey Club here in Byron Center, Michigan. They are a three-tiered hockey club with house teams, travel, and tier one teams for boys and girls. So this year we have a total of 30 teams and 485 players in our program. And we get together each month of February to fundraise for this annual event. And what our teams do is they play a special hockey fights cancer game where they recognize people in their lives who have been affected by cancer. And they have special purple jerseys with the names of those they are skating for in honor or in memory. And we take the weekend to come together beyond hockey and, and really recognize the impact that it has on our communities and a fundraise for all the great research that the Van Andel Institute does. And that is February 9th through the 11th at Southside Ice Arena in Byron Correct. Center in the Grand Rapids area. For those of you listening on 96.1 The Game, our flagship station, or 
Uh, if you're coming from all across the state, Southside Ice Arena Hockey Fights Cancer Weekend, February 9th through the 11th. And Lene Satterley, good friend of the show. We talk a lot about the Purple Community and events that are growing connected to hockey, sports. Uh, you got a 5K, golf tournaments, and more. Uh, Lene, for somebody listening, a uh, group that wants to start their own Purple event, uh, what's the easiest path? The easiest path is just to go to VAI.org and contact us, or they can just email um, purplecommunity.org or VAI at purplecommunity.org and send us an email with some information. Or they can give a call and refer to one of us, and we can call them back if they'd rather have a phone conversation. And, Lene, uh, I will say that the Hockey Fights Cancer Weekend at Southside uh, it began as one of the staple events for the Purple community. It's grown every year. It truly defines the mission of Van Andel Institute and what you and the rest of the Purple community are doing. Absolutely. They are just a powerhouse fundraiser, and we are just blown away by the work that these ladies put in to organize this hockey weekend, as well as all the support of the parents of the players and the teams and those attending the games, they put together a fabulous silent auction. Um, they, you know, like Danielle said, they play in honor of people, and people just come out and donate. And as of just a few minutes ago, uh, the total already raised for this event is over $24,000. Wow. Uh, Hockey Fights Cancer Weekend, Southside Ice Arena in Byron Center, here on the west side of the state, February 9th through the 11th. And Danielle Bozio is part of the group there organizing this event so somebody listening just wants to stop out show up what time does everything begin on february 9th and when does it end on the 11th yes we have games starting as early as 8 a.m all the way to um on saturday excuse me 8 a.m on saturday and um we have some games friday night but our big big event is on Sunday at 3 to 5.30, so you can still get home in time for the Super Bowl. But um, it's our all-star game where we have our hockey coaches, um, who many of them are former pro and semi-pro players. They come out and they play the our 16 midget major team. And, and it's an exciting event where where both teams come together and their coaches get to play against their players, and it's really fun. So we have that at 3 o'clock here on Sunday, um, but you're welcome starting fr- Friday at 5 o'clock. You can come out and check out our awesome auction baskets. Like Lene said, our teams put together amazing baskets. They blow me away every year with what they come up with. We're so thankful to local businesses and sponsors that donate. So you can come see those in person anytime throughout the weekend. That will be February 9th through Sunday the 11th at Southside Ice Arena. Empire and Center right. Hockey Fights Cancer uh, Weekend. And, yeah, I don't think uh, people are going to be rushing uh, home to watch the Super Bowl, seeing that the Lions aren't in it after leading 24-7. to uh-huh. I'm not going to revisit that game. This is a this is a really good event. And, and I'll save that commentary for other parts of the show. That's great, yes. All right. We're excited. We also will have Ollie's Donuts and Patty Matters food trucks here throughout the weekend. So the whole community really gets involved. It's it's fun to see. And Lene Satterley from Purple Community VAI mentioned if you're a business, if you're a school, if you're a, a sports club team, you want to look into hosting your own Purple event, simple and easy. Just Google Purple Community 
uh, VAI.org uh, and more. Uh, Lene, always good to hear yeah, your voice. They can they can email directly to purplecommunity at VAI.org, too. Look at that. So. Lene's always on top of it. Purplecommunity at VAI.org. Daniel Bozio, uh, good luck with your event February 9th through the 11th at Southside Ice Arena in Byron Center. Hockey fights cancer. A lot of meaning on and off the ice. And Lene, as always, appreciate your work with the Purple Community. Thank you, Bill. Always good to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. Big. Bad. Huge.